Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water. Do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? Put an emphasis on in the water because we have Olympic gold medalist. That's right. The reigning champ in the 100 meter butterfly UT alum, Joseph Schooling, joining the show today. So buckle up, get excited because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. So 294 coming hot at you guys and so 293. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossing their Octosopolis, Nikki Snacks Kreider. And you heard it in the introduction and you'll hear it again. Joseph Schooling, Olympic gold medalist, the first Olympic gold medalist for Singapore. Incredible stuff. Incredible show. Don't want to take too long because we want to get into it. We want to dive in the pool, ladies and gents. But we got to remind you that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag, go bet, make some nice bets, put your money where your mouth is, there's futures on there, I would throw some money on the Lakers, maybe sprinkle some money on the Bucks. Drew Holiday, Giannis going at it, they looked good, I would throw some money on Devonta Smith winning the Heisman, it's kind of out of left field, but that could happen, the Packers, who knows, but you can do it all on BetOnline.ag, not to be confused with KG, the Sandman, um, in that movie, what's that? Right, <laughs> I almost said Righteous Gemstones. Um, you know, Uncut Gems, that one with the with the Sandman and KG. That one was great, but it's not as great as this episode with Joseph Schooling. So get excited! Without further ado, the Charity Stripe team and Joseph Schooling, enjoy. All right, guys, you heard it in our intro, but we are honored today to have a fellow UT alum. It's always great when we have one of these in the house. Not only is he a UT alum, but he holds the Olympic record for the 100-meter butterfly. He's the reigning champ at the Olympics. Gold medalist, the first gold medalist in Singapore history. Joseph Schooling, how are you doing today, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Doing well, man. How are you? We're good. Cannot complain. I know we obviously want to talk about your career, your new app, but we have to address the elephant in the room as Texas alums and fans are you as gutted as we are about the football season? Is it, or is it just us? Is it bled into the swimming community as well? <laughs> That's a loaded question, man. <laughs> but of course, you know, 
no matter what sport you're in, you want your fellow Longhorns to do well, whatever it is, whatever beef you have with them. So definitely the Texas season um, was definitely hyped up, but I'm sure our boys will bounce back and onto the next one, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, at least you got, you bring up the beef that's interesting because I'm sure there's some quiet jealousy because low-key Texas swimming is absolutely dominant, man. Absolutely dominant. How do you end up there? Yeah, so I went to high school in Florida, mm-hmm. and I got recruited by a couple of schools. Texas happened to be one of them. Took a trip out there, found out that I loved the guys. Woke up the next day in Jester, uh, feeling like I had to be a part of this team, this family, and the rest is history, man. Nice. The, the waking up the next day in Jester is always the kicker. I woke up a little hungover the next day in Jester, but I'm glad you felt a good sense of family and, and connection, man. And, and speaking of like family and connection and representation, because, you know, the UT alums and the UT community is so – everyone bleeds burnt orange. Uh, I would love to hear about your passion for your country and what it really meant to you to be like the guy. I mean, Nick, we were talking about it earlier. Nick, what do you call him, the Manny Pacquiao of Singapore? Like the Manny Pacquiao of Singapore, man. I mean, you're their prince. <laughs> man, Nick, if you compare me to Manny, you make me blush, man. I mean, that guy is leaps and bounds over uh, anything that I can dream of becoming in my own country. So, you know, it's definitely a good spot to be in. It's a huge honor uh, to be in this position. And I think the most important thing that I've learned over the next or the last four years is just the position that you're in and the ability to affect change on someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's the kicker, you know, that's, that's where your cherry, your whipped cream's coming on top. That's where your whole Sunday is. So just being in this spot, being able to do what I do on a daily basis, um, helping everyone that I can out affecting change is enough in itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, you're the first gold medalist for your country ever, any sport. At what point prior to winning the gold, did the possibility of that set in? Did you kind of realize, Oh wait, I have a real shot here. Yeah. So the June before the Olympics, Olympics happened in August. So two months before the Olympics, Phelps came down and swam in one of the Austin swim series in Texas. Yeah. And I just edged him in the hundred fly. I remember being dead tired. Uh, and after that race, I thought, you know, if I can pull this off being this tired and this beaten up in practice, once I get some rest, once you go to the Rio atmosphere, anything can happen. Right. At that point, you don't think you're going to win just because you beat an in-season meet. He's always better at the end of the year. But it gives you that glimmer of hope that you just might. Yeah. I mean, it's that that in itself must be shocking. I don't think if I was running along the pool and he was doing the butterfly, I don't think I could beat him in length. Like full. And I'm not like slow. I don't want you to look at me and be like, all right, this guy's got no speed. Yeah, I'm not. I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm like the happy medium. But I think he's he's totally. How do you even end up like the butterfly is like the craziest stroke? I look at. I mean, I like took a swim class at UT and they kind of did it. And I was like, all right, I can do this for like a length or two. But at the at the speed you do at an Olympic record speed, how do you even end up in that stroke? Yeah. Before I answer that question, I gotta ask you one too. Yeah. You said you took swim class. Was your swim coach Don Crowley? Yes, hundred percent. My swim coach was Don Crowley. Uh, I love that guy, man. He's the man. Don he, helped us. Uh, we teed a swim class for one semester, and yeah. he was super. Ch- he, but um, he's a great. Yeah, he's a-, a great guy. I mean, he's such a good guy. He's you know he was, a, and everyone was like, I was actually a decent swimmer because I swam a lot, like just as a workout. And my dad like was like a swimmer growing up, and he, 
but he whatever level you were at he was so chill he was cool with like letting you do your thing and but he was also pretty instructive like i was just going there to like have like to get my workout out during the day like you know to save time but I actually ended up mm-hmm. learning something, which is, hey, you're in a class. Isn't that what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> it's a good it's a good positive of it. But he was really, a really good dude. Yeah, he's a really good guy, man. Um, but to answer your question, yeah. butterfly is probably the most unnatural stroke out there. You know, you got your arms coming out. You got your legs doing something that you hope you think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it requires a lot of upper body strength and requires a strong kick to anchor your stroke as well. So to master that stroke is, I believe, is probably the toughest stroke the master and if you ask me how I got to butterfly it it just kind of happened you know I started out backstroke uh, progressed to breaststroke freestyle and then made my way through butterfly and by the end of it it just stuck you know Um, I was winning butterfly events Um, it was the stroke that I had the most passion about and it kind of clicked Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a pretty remarkable stroke when you're watching it's like all right I get how like a dolphin could kind of do that with their body but human beings is 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 crazy i mean there's this the whole sport of swimming is is crazy do you feel like i mean now that you what you're 25 right now correct 25 this year is it we had missy franklin on the show she was dominant when she was young phelps obviously had the longevity of his career but he even himself was dominant when he was young are you feeling like you're in your prime right now or what's the age what how do you feel about age in swimming would be the better question yeah so that's a great question, actually. I don't get that question a lot, so you've definitely done your homework. <laughs> glad, man. I'm glad. Um, Do it long enough. Bounty had a home run once a day. <laughs> so um, the prime for swimming, it used to be in your 22s to 24s. Mm-hmm. That used to be that prime range. But with technology, modern recovery, modern nutrition, new ways of training, that prime is actually stretched. I'd say my personal take on that would be 25 years old, anywhere into 31, 32, you know, really, really. I think the first thing that gives way is your mind, your body can still continue, but doing the same stuff every single day, waking up, jumping in a cold pool, um, giving up a lot of things outside of the pool, just so you're ready to go. I think that's the hard part, man, mentally. So body wise, you can swim up to 31, 32 Phelps in Rio was 31. Lochte's still swimming right now. He has to be, I think 36 or 37 this year, and he's still doing pretty well. So age is just a number, you know, we got all these methods to recover, all these methods to get better. And I think the sky's the limit. It's how badly you want it. Yeah. So you're saying the schooling golden age. Sorry, what was that? So you're saying we're entering the schooling golden age. The golden era, dude. These are, (laughs) these are, these are Clooney years. We got to take advantage of them. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll look at myself and call myself Clooney for, uh, going forward <laughs> as, <laughs> from now on. As I was just kind of doing a little bit of research on you, Joseph, um, I saw that your granduncle was the first Olympian for Singapore. And so you're obviously, you know, Josh mentioned before, you're the first gold medal winner from Singapore. So was that kind of, was that a conversation? You're, both your parents were athletes as well. Was that a conversation from a young age that, that was talked about? Was, was the site always set? on the Olympics or was it kind of just like you coming into your own as an athlete and then setting that as you progressed? Yeah, that's a great question, Tass. So my uncle Lloyd Velberg was Singapore's first, I think he did, um, he was a high jumper and he was the first Olympian in the 1948 London Olympics. So my first Olympics, weirdly enough, was 2012 in London. Now the results weren't what I wanted or what I wanted. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, you learn. It's kind of like baptism by fire. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you just bring it up, brings back crazy memories. Um, I didn't want to be an Olympian, you know. I just wanted to have fun in the pool, and I enjoyed racing. It wasn't until around seven, eight years old where I told my parents, and at this point it might have been fluff because seven, eight-year-olds, you know, what do we know better, right? And I said, I want to be, be the Olympic champion. I want to stand on top of that podium. And my parents must have been like, yeah, all right, go for it, son. <laughs> like, you know, but in their minds, they must have been, this kid has no idea what he's talking about, but he has wild aspirations at such a young age. So, you know, why not? Let's go after it. And my dad tracked my performance from seven to 15 years old. I was getting better and better. I was ranked with the top swimmer, age group swimmers in the U.S. And I had potential. So in 2013 or 2009, excuse me, I moved to Florida, um, trained under my now coach, Sergio. He was in Bulls then and came to Texas, won a gold medal with Eddie. And it's, it's been a wild ride since. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it's talk about I mean, your parents have definitely I, I watched a video, um, you know, of you and your parents um, on the Olympics YouTube and they seem awesome. Like they seem like they're the most supportive and they are your biggest believers, which is great. And that's so important to have in your corner. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, parents is everything, you know, you're shaped by your parents. So you're going to you're only going to get as good as I guess this sounds kind of bad, but how good your parents let you be. Without uh, my parents exposing me to international competition, um, without my parents sacrificing so much to send me to the States, thankfully, I'm an only child. If I had a brother or sister, I don't think my parents would have been able to afford that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just got really lucky. I'm just a lucky kid from a small country that had huge aspirations and came out on the right side, you know? So it's, what can we do with this right now? We can, we can do a lot of special things. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you bring that up. I always tell my sisters they ruined my life. But they <laughs> <laughs> they ruined everything for me. I could have been I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. Uh, sorry, Nick. Though you had right. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but you know, you're from Singapore, and this is cr- something we all found kind of crazy. Was you still have to you still have to serve? Am I correct in in in, in thinking that you do? Yeah, I do. So um, every 18-year-old male in Singapore has to serve mandatory two years in the army. We call it national service. And I'm deferred right now, but as soon as I'm done swimming, I've already had talks with the army and um, I'll have to go in basically, long story short, for uh, 22 months. So that's kind of the next thing on the horizon after swimming. Kind of weird. That's a pretty rare thing that they defer that, right? Yeah, it, it's never been done before. I was the first one to get deferred. Uh, we've had a, a fellow swimmer get deferred as well. He goes to Berkeley. And, you know, it's, I think the first one through the wall is always bloody, right? My parents fought super hard um, with the army to give me this deferment just to pursue my Olympic dreams. And at that point of time, after coming off London, really, man, I wasn't sure if they were going to give me that deferment. So the government took a chance in me, you know, a leap of faith or whatever you want to call it. And, I think, I think they made the right choice, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, did you feel that pressure going in? Is that like a totally, pr- I mean, I, people, I feel like people don't realize that, that, that you're yeah. even going through that. Is there, is that a big pressure in the back of your mind? Absolutely. But in the moment you try to stay present as possible, yeah. but once your mind slips, man, it, you can definitely fall into, into a pretty, in a pretty bad spot. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I just I just try to think as try to be the best version of yourself in a given time. You know, win, lose, whatever it is. If you be the best, if I be the best version of of myself as possible, I think I have a pretty good shot at beating anyone. Yeah, totally. And this may be a really, really, really dumb question, but you're gonna you're gonna go through with the service, right? You're gonna go rip the army. Yeah, man, I got I got no choice. <laughs> good for wow. you. Good on good on you, man. I mean, listen, we're in America. We're we're like born Americans. It's rare for someone nowadays to really love their country. I mean, there's so much turmoil over here that. I mean, good for you for going back and, and, and sticking true to that. I mean, it's it's similar. I have a, <laughs> I have friends in Israel though; they're in a similar situation where you know it's just yeah. just part of the deal. Where so, yeah. that's crazy, man. But it's a it's a blessing they let you go. Holy, holy! I didn't know that was like up. I didn't know how up in the air that was. I feel like I, I kind of imagine like, all right, this kid's great. Let's let him, let's let him go win a gold. I didn't know they were like kind of you know putting heads. Mom, mom and dad, low key MVPs for real. Man, without mom and dad, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, literally and literally, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you spoke about giving back, and we got to dig deep into your new app. You have an app coming out, a fitness app. We'd love to hear about that. Um, tell us a bit more. What separates it? What makes it different? Why? Why should I quit Peloton and go to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, quit Peloton and come to Schooling Sport. Because it doesn't matter what your your aspirations are. You don't have to be, you don't want to, you don't have to be the next Tour de France champion. You don't have to be the next Olympic gold medalist. You know, we want to make schooling sport more of a lifestyle app. It's a training app for sure, but it's specifically tailored to each individual. So the thing that sets our app apart would be, let's say, okay, um, Josh, for example, yeah, you want to you want to gain 15 percent in strength, right? We're going to train you in certain zones. So our app has an intuitive biometrics um, system, which allows you to train and stay in specific zones. And what that does is it prevents burnout. Um, no one wants to hit an app or hit a workout for one, two weeks and feeling like, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. This is terrible. This is tough. That's not what you want. Sports and, you know, fitness in general, lifestyle is all about longevity. And we want to keep people on there for as long as possible. Your journey doesn't have to end in one, two months. Like I said, this is about changing your life. This is about changing your lifestyle. And this is just another tool um, to give people to get to where they want, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how this app came about. Yeah, I, I be dug into it. Uh, I haven't tested it yet, but I can say to the people listening, it actually really it looks legit as hell. So that I can give it the big L for legit. That 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 much I can say. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to check it out, man. Um, was that something you had always... Did that fall into your lap kind of thing or did you while you were looking ahead i guess i guess i'm like you know because eventually i mean kobe Bryant talked about like the second act i mean it's been such a big thing for athletes and obviously this is something you want to take forward when did you start realizing you wanted to really be in the fitness space yeah you know this idea kind of came about earlier this year around nice. january time late december last year and the idea came about when we figured why do you need to go to a gym anymore um, and then COVID hit and you guys weren't in Singapore, but when I went back in March, uh, we were on lockdown. No one could leave. You weren't even allowed to see your parents if you're living apart from them. It was crazy. It was total chaos, man. And people either went in two directions. One, they got really healthy or two, they got the COVID-19, you know, freshman 15, COVID-19, COVID-20. <laughs> um, <laughs> the real, the, the real COVID-19 over the app. Oh my God, Jesus. Yeah. So they went in one or two directions, you know? And people working out at home, it inspired inspired me and my team 
to come up with this app. And we partnered with Pear. Pear is a great team, great group of people. And we used their app, tweaked it a little bit, added some of my personal workouts that I do. And everything kind of, the stars aligned, everything fell in place, you know. We got the app moving. We hit a couple hiccups. We got that sorted through. And at the end of the day, we launched in Singapore. We launched everywhere. And the response was a lot better than we anticipated. So the need for this at-home training, an alternative tool that people can use, the demand is there. You just got to find something that people like. So like like I said, circling back to your goals, your targets, you don't have to be a world-class athlete to use this app, even though that might be some people's first first uh, first thoughts and totally understandable people you know you can be 16 18 20 50 years old whatever it is you just need a certain target some goals in mind where you want to end up and we'll get you there we'll get you there the right way yeah is it does it help working on this while you're training for the olympics to kind of have something else to do other than swimming because we talked about it with other like swimmers because swimming can be a little bit of a lonely sport. You're in there in the water by yourself. So does something like working in a group like this really help you kind of almost in training to take your mind off of it? Absolutely. You know, in school, so I want to circle back a little bit. Yeah, um, guys know um, this guy named Chris Kubik. And when I was about to graduate, he's probably one of the best coaches. He was assistant coach until 2016 for the Texas swim team. And Chris said, you know, Joe, after you're done swimming, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. So much time that you're not sure what you're going to do with that time. And I'm like, Chris, you're crazy, man. I don't have to go to class. I don't have to walk all the way to RLM at eight o'clock in the morning. That's awesome. I can stay in bed. That's sweet, man. And it wasn't until six, seven, eight months later that I'm like, you know what? This is crazy. Chris might be right. Swimming, thinking about your sport, thinking about one thing all the time, it, it can be negative, you know? Like outside the pool, I try not to think about swimming at all. But once you don't have essays to do, once you're done with tests to study for, your mind can start to wander. So I'm blessed. I'm lucky to have a great team around me that helped me build this app and a lot of great minds behind it. So like I said, the stars aligned. Um, It was something great also to think about different alternatives to Mm. what's happening, capitalize on it and just try to make a, be- a great product, a great tool for people to use and get better. Yeah. Have you picked up anything else during the pandemic? Any any uh, other hidden talents or passions? I see that guitar case in the background there. Dude, let's go. I joined that club as well. Good call, Nick. I didn't see that. Yeah, man. No, no guitars for me right now. I wish. I'm not very musically inclined. I can try, but it ain't going to work too pretty, man. I ain't no Santana. But <laughs> I, did, I did pick up uh, some cycling. So Josh, you talking about Peloton, that was actually pretty cool. Um, picked up some cycling. Uh, couldn't really swim over the pandemic. Everything yeah. was on lockdown. The most we could do was go out and exercise by ourselves. So cycling it was, I learned how to play Sudoku. I know that might sound pretty nerdy, but man, <laughs> that, that kills time, dude. No, that would game ever, was great. Would you ever consider doing an Ironman? We had, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, yeah. the first ever Down Syndrome Ironman, um, you know, athlete. And he actually... Chris Ninkins, yeah. Would you ever consider doing an Ironman now that you've kind of added cycling in there? You know, I've never thought about that. I think I could I could definitely do the swim. The cycling is manageable, but the part that would absolutely just destroy me would be the run. I really? can't run to save my life. I got the flattest feet out there. I got double jointed ankles and knees. I just I think if I run five kilometers, I'm done, man. So, so you're made for the water. Yeah, I'm I'm made for the water. If there's an Ironman relay. 
I'd be totally down for that. <laughs> they have those. There was like I don't know if you know David Goggins. If you don't check him out, he he was there was like a there was I mean there's like marathon relays, but he's like one of those guys that like does the relay by himself. And it's just pretty it's pretty like what are we doing? Like 100 miles on, on your foot by yourself. Uh but yeah, man. Uh, we always ask our guests this. Um so it's one of our favorite questions. Everyone always gets it across the board. Could be anything. Anything we've never seen, anything from your childhood could be you watching as a fan, but what is your favorite sports memory all time? Oh my gosh. Okay, I got this one. So I'm not obviously not going to use myself. That that just be terrible and boring. So I'd say 2017 Super Bowl, Houston Patriots, Falcons, 28-3 at halftime, dude. That was my first Super Bowl I went to live. Oh, you went? I don't know if I should be saying. That. Oh yeah, I saw pictures on your Instagram. You you took a picture of Shaq, Tom Hardy. You guys had all your Pats gear on. Josh is a big yeah. Pats, fan, so huge Pats fan. I'm a Pats fan too. Huge. But I, I probably hopped on the bandwagon a lot later than you did. So I don't think I'm a real Pats fan. Can't say that. But yeah, 2017 was 2017 Super Bowl in Houston, man. After a UFC fight, um, that was probably my most memorable weekend ever. I can't believe you were at that game. What a crazy, what a crazy game. So when did you jump on the Patriots bandwagon? Was it was it in that moment when you're like, this is the greatest fandom of all time? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hop ship here. One of my good buds, uh, his name is Ryan Hardy. He's still at Texas, actually. I think he's about to graduate. He's from Boston, so he got me onto the Patriots bandwagon. Um, he's born and bred Boston, but he bought me a Patriots sweatshirt one day, and I was like, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. I watched the game. Dude, this guy's phenomenal. At his age, the way he's playing, the way he's moving, I'm not sure at the Bucks, but when I saw him at the Pats, it was something special. So, you know. I like greatness and <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you say the, the age of prime is 25 to 31. That guy's 42 years old, still slinging it. Yeah, man. I don't know how he does it, but whatever he's doing, keep doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm naming my first kid guy or girl Brady. It's it, I'm that committed. <laughs> I'm that I'm, sold on I, it. I mean, uh, that, that game is like, if you had just said that you watched that game on TV, you could have picked that as your favorite sports memory. You know what I mean? Like, that game was that crazy it was that ridiculous of a game so to, to be there in person that's really awesome also tom brady has a a fitness brand himself so outside of the outside of the sport he's doing a similar thing to you so maybe that's someone to to you know connect with down the line and, and talk about things with. i was about to say we got to get you guys connected but i don't yeah. know i don't know him so podcast <laughs> <laughs> out dude gotta spread the word yeah get tom to this and we'll get tb12 and schooling sport out 100 percent. that'd be that's awesome. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, we'll be pulling for you. You're got you kicking off in 2021. You're going. Tokyo. It's happening in 2021. for the Because I know people are unsure. Like, when is this thing going down? But 2021, when the swimming happens, put your USA gear away. Put the Singapore gear on. We're going full schooling on this one. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me and thanks for your time, man. Had a lot of fun. Take care and hope to talk to you guys soon. Of course, man. Thanks, okay. yeah. Great episode. Really fun. Really fun one. It's it I don't I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, we we genuinely had a great time. Not that we don't genuinely have genuinely not that we don't genuinely have a good time on all the shows. We always do. Uh, but our age, you know, UT guy, it just hits a little different and 
we really enjoyed that. Joseph, thank you com- for coming on, my friend. Hopefully, we'll have you back post-Olympics. We're wishing you the best. Go dominate again. Go check out his app. Go get go get healthy. Go get fitness. Uh, why, why wouldn't you want some serious training, some serious fitness advice and lifestyle advice from an Olympic champion? Not even being sarcastic, being super serious. I'm going to go check it out because uh, we like Joseph. Uh, and it seems legit, as I said in the interview. Without further ado and no longer keeping you on, we'll let you go and enjoy your merry days and evenings. Fans out there, drag both feet and bounds, swing on a full count, rip that puck, get that put at your PKs because they free and hit your free throws. Why? Because they are free. We out ya. We love ya. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Tie game. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.